And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. Turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 5. Amen. And let's see how much we can cover this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Mark chapter 5. Can, I'm going to read one verse. I'll reference the other verses, but I'm going to read one verse. And that's verse 34. Mark chapter 5, verse 34. I know you are very much aware, very familiar with this particular account. The woman with the issue of blood. Amen. She had, she hemorrhaged for 12 years. Amen. Not 12 months. Amen. <laughs> 12 months. And she had, uh, uh, she had a small, just a small feel as to what she went through. Amen. 12 months, 12 years. And uh, as we said last week, it was not light spotting, a heavy flow continually. Ostracized from, you know, from everyone, from society. I was reading about her and it was said that people like that were treated very close, were treated similar, were treated just like lepers were treated. There were leper colonies and there were, there were unclean colonies. And so she was in an unclean colony with other people who are considered unclean. Can you imagine? How many of you thank God that we have a better covenant? Amen. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 8 verse 6 says we have a better covenant. Amen. Based on better promises. Because the old covenant was ratified. Ratified with the blood of bulls and goats. The new covenant was ratified by the blood of Jesus. Amen. Amen. That's why today we sing that his champion... He reigns forever and ever. Amen. How many of you think that he's champion? Yes. How many of you, you, you just love the Lord? Yes. Hallelujah. Happy to be in the presence of the Lord. Happy to be with God's people. Amen. Praise God. And the Bible tells us in chapter 5 verse 34. The woman we established last week. She pressed her way through the crowd. And she touched the Bible says the hem of his garment. I showed you last week, she did not touch Jesus' clothing. We established that. Jesus wore a shawl. A shawl or a shawl? How you pronounce it? Shawl. A shawl. And at the end of the shawl, there were tassels. And each tassel had five knots. Each knot represents the book of the Old Testament. So Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. That's called the law. And that's what she touched. You won't get that in the King James Version. You got to dig a little deeper. <laughs> do some history. Do some studying. To understand what's going on. Amen. During that culture. So most religious leaders back then wore a shawl. And, and back in the Old Testament. God had already established. How we should immerse ourselves in God's words. In Deuter we, we might get there. In Deuteronomy Deuteronomy chapter 6, Jesus said, he gives us, he gave us a remedy or a, 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 a path as to how parents should help their kids immerse in God's word. He said, write it. He, he, no, he said, write it on your shoulders, on the post of your door, frontless on your head. You remembered? He said, let it be the first thing you talk about when you get up in the morning. Let it be the last thing. You speak about before you go to bed. So the first thing your eyes supposed to see in the morning is the word of God. The last thing your eyes should see at night is the word of God. 
not the light of your TV. I'm just joking. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist the temptation. I, I tried, I failed. <laughs> but brothers and sisters, I'm talking about total immersion. And so what I did, I carried that particular text in my spirit all week. After having spoken to people who were abused and, um, and people who overcame breast cancer, that tragedy. I, I, I carried that in my spirit. And last evening, I decided to take some time to, I withdrew from the text. I had the Bible and my sermon partially prepared on the table. And I withdrew from the text and I decided to take an aerial view. A bird's eye view of the text. Yeah, you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes you get caught up in the weeds. But you get to, sometimes you got to go out and look like God does. Uh-huh. And so I did that because I felt in my spirit there was more the Lord was trying to communicate to me from that text. I, I kept saying, Lord, what are you saying but not saying? You, you, see, you see, what exactly that's said here, but it's not overtly communicated. Uh-huh, because God wants us to seek. And he said, when you seek, you shall find. He said, when you knock, you know, Matthew 7, 7 and 8, the door will be open. That's what he said. When he said, when you ask, you shall what? Receive. Okay, ask, receive, seek, find, knock, the door will be open. And so I decided to do that. So I said, what, God, what is the overarching principle you're trying to communicate to us here? Amen. What are you trying to tell us? And when I was, and as I was there, the Lord whispered to me, I want you to read the last verse of Mark chapter 5. The last verse of the story. This is the verse here. And he, Jesus, said unto the woman of the issue of blood, he said, Daughter, your faith hath made thee whole. He didn't stop there. He said, go in peace and be whole of your plague. Can I take some time just to divide, just to dissect that, you mind? He said, daughter, your faith has made you whole. He didn't say, because you touched my tassel. No, no, he didn't say that. <laughs> he said, your faith. So he attributed, he attributed the healing experience she had, the one she experienced in her body, to her faith. Not she touching his tassel. Not she touching his clothing. I'll talk a little about that further. This is what as he said. He said, go in peace. Your soul has now found rest. Twelve years. Emotional turbulence. Twelve years been ostracized. Twelve years been treated as a leper. Twelve years. And it was said that people like that, they were denied entrance into places that were heavily populated. And if they did enter a certain place where there were where there was where there were people, they would have to they would have to say unclean, unclean, and then everybody scattered. Because if you get in contact, I, I don't have the time, Lord. I give you praise. Once you get in contact, whom the law of Moses was considered unclean, you had to stay out yourself. Mm -hmm. You couldn't enter the temple for seven days, sometimes fourteen days. Sometimes 49 days cannot gain access in the temple. Ostracized from your family, living in an unclean 
colony. It was said that when people like that, when their family came to see them and brought anything from them, they had to put it on a stone somewhere and run. <laughs> Maybe half a mile and tell them, I brought you something. It's over there on a stone somewhere, in the grass somewhere. Sometimes you got to get into the story to understand the struggle of the individual. Are you getting what I'm saying, saints? And lastly, Jesus said to her, your plague has been made whole. Jesus called the issue of blood a plague. <laughs> now, this is the important thing God said to me. He said to me, why don't you look at the word plague? Since you're asking me what is the overarching principle here. The word plague means in the Greek, a scourging. As in a whipping. A whipping. Are you with me? A, a beating. Not whipping as in crying. So the word scourge means as in a whipping. As in how the Romans whipped Jesus. That's what Jesus said. Jesus is saying you've been getting a beating emotionally. Are you getting what I'm saying? You've been scourged. Are you getting what I'm saying saints? Uh, uh, uh. And this is what the Lord said to me. He said son. Is there something whipping you? He asked me. He said, is there something burdening you? Even if you don't say it, I know something is burdening you. You know, since I don't know about you, but sometimes you have some things that are way down in your subconscious mind. You don't speak it, but it's there. And God sees it. And God looked in my soul and saw something. That's been there for a long time. No, you see, it's not an issue of blood, but it's an issue of life. I had forgotten. Uh, I'm here to tell you today, is there something whipping you? you know, I almost entitled this sermon, is there something whipping you? But the title of this sermon is, she put, it, she put her life on the line. She put her life on the line. And I'll, I'll, I'll tie them together in a while. Amen. She put her life on the line. She was all spent up. She gave it everything she had. But she got whole. She got well. <laughs> oh, glory be to Jesus. So, so sometimes we carry some things. And I want you to know today that even if God spoke to me, he knew I was talking. It's I was, I'm representing our church. Is there something whipping you in silence? Is there something scourging you in silence? Is there something burdening you? Something that you need rest from? Jesus said, go in peace. Now you can experience rest after 12 years. Yes. <laughs> oh, glory be to Jesus. So while I was there, just conversating with God, and he asked me the question, and, he, and I'm, we're talking I've subscribed to a certain Bible app. And every morning I get a scripture verse sent to me. Amen. And that's, sometimes I use that verse as my verse to memorize for the week. So while we were talking. Uh, you know sometimes you're talking to God but you're, it's not audible. You're all just communicating in spirit. You know what I'm talking about? Spirit to spirit. And God said look at the cell phone. I looked at the cell phone. And one of my favorite verses that I had forgotten. 1 John 5.14. You need to see that verse. I memorized this verse a long time ago. 1 John chapter 5 verse 14. Can you go to it? 1 John chapter 5 verse 14. And I just saw 14, but 15 is the kicker. We got to read both of them. 
It says, and this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will. What it says? Verse 15 is the kicker. And this is verse 15. And if we know that he hears us. Whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we've desired of him. <laughs> is there something whipping you? Are you burdened by something? The Bible tells you that you petition God. And if you know that he hears, then your petition will be met. Whatever you desire will be met. That issue, that problem will be met. Man, I began to give God a praise. Amen. I began to give God a pre-praise because I know God was talking to me. You see, these things doesn't happen by coincidence. Your cell phone doesn't just go off. And then you see a verse that you really need. <laughs> Knowing that you're coming to preach. You know that's not about you only. It's beyond you. So I'm telling you here this morning. Your petition. If it's according to God's will. He heard your petition. And because he heard your petition. Your desires will be met. Amen. Oh what a blessing. I thank God so much. For this particular story because I have never dealt and went down into that story and did reading about that woman like I did this week. And so Jesus said to me, this is what he said. God said to him, he said, I called this woman out mm -hmm, I, oh, so that her story can go on record to show the church how to take whatever they need from for themselves. Are you getting what I'm saying? You, you know, these are the days where you cannot, sometimes you got to go in and take it for yourself. You cannot depend on people anymore Amen. to give you anything. Are you getting what I'm saying, saints? Today we cannot depend on one superhero preacher to promote the cause of God. Uh, you, <laughs> no, we think that for preachers we bless God for them, but you can take it. And he said, I place that there. I have that record as a blueprint for the church, for my people, so they can know. They don't have to wait for anybody to give them anything. They can go in and take it themselves. But their life has to be on the line. <laughs> oh, it's going to cost you something. That healing you need is going to cost you something. That promotion you need is going to cost you something. You've got to lay your life on the line. <laughs> oh, the blueprint is there. The blueprint is there. It's whether or not you and I will do it. Amen. So that's, that's, that's the only thing. Will you do it? Will, will we do it? The requirement to take it is right there. Uh-huh. This is the overarching story. The overarching principle I asked God about. Remember I told you I asked God. What is the overarching principle? And this is it. You have to put your life on the line to get it. You see what I'm talking about. Listen, she was, she was ostracized living in a leper colony. Uh-huh. And she asked, she said, if I stay here, I'm going to die. Anyhow, now I'm going to take the risk to go down amongst these people. I'm going to, I'm going to 
camouflage myself. Uh -huh. And press in the crowd. You've got to do what you've got to do. Are you with me? To reach the word. <laughs> you've got to do what you've got to do to touch the word. So power can flow. You've got to engage in the sacrifices. Amen. Since, let me share with you. I am going to say something. And honestly, it is not, hear me. It is not an indictment, an indictment against us. It is not anything against us. But because we human beings, we like comfort. And some of us just will not sacrifice. We will die and go to heaven and not live out our purpose. I'm sharing with you. You hear me? You read it in the Bible. I'm not. It's not an indictment. Hear me? It's not an indictment against us. No, no, no. I can show you in the Bible. Believe me. I, I was telling. Was it, elder? Was it you? I spoke to. I told elder. I love humanity. Jesus cast a vote for humanity. What about me? I gotta love humans. If Jesus is in love with humans, <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? I see my mentor, my teacher, my Lord loving humans. I've got to do that too. But I'm just, I'm just sharing. Thank you, imitator of God. Yeah, that's the name of our church, by the way. <laughs> I've got to imitate God. Are you with me? Jesus won Calvary on his knees. Sacrificed. Blood and sweat. Conquered. The cross. On his knees. You remember when he conquered dog, he got up and he said, it's all right now. You don't need to pray. I don't need your prayer anymore. I've conquered on my knees. <laughs> he said, it's all right now. You can drink your coffee. Habanet, whatever it is. Your cappuccino. Thank you so much. You can go ahead and drink your cappuccino. It's all right. Yeah. I have been to Calvary in my mind and spirit. Therefore, my body can take it. <laughs> oh, glory be to God. He said, I, I've crossed off already. My body hasn't, I've gone. My body will catch up. Uh, you, you get what I'm saying? Oh, God, I give you praise. I'm sharing with you. She said to herself, I'm not staying here. Uh -uh. They said, they said, they said, she, they said, they said, well, they're going to kill you over there. She said, if I stay here, I'm going to die. Uh -huh. I'm going over there for my blessing because the word is passing in the immediate vicinity. I might never get the opportunity again. Yes. Ah, glory be to God. I'm here yes. to tell you, brothers and sisters, the word of God has been preached now. Don't you misunderstood what, misunderstand what has been said this morning. The overarching principle is... She placed her life on the line. She placed it all on the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will you place it all on the line? It's a blueprint to take it. Right here in Mark chapter 5 verse 25. That's the blueprint to take it. Don't wait for anybody to give you anything. You've got the word of God. You've got what? The word of God. You've got what? The word of God. Jesus said in Luke 10 42 one thing is needful and that's the word of God and I love that statement because it's an open-ended statement open you could put anything in there one thing is needful to get a spouse one thing is needful to get a job one thing is needful for promotion one thing is needful to get a house <laughs> whatever whatever you want put it there put it there Woo! Hallelujah. One thing is needful. 
One thing. Not two things. One thing. That's why Jesus told uh, Joshua in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. He said this book of the law. He said you're about to cross over. Where the giants. Giants. Men who are twice times your height. A hundred times your strength. Men of war. These men were war from their youth. You're about to go over there. He said this book of the law. Yes. The only way you're going to conquer is if this book of the law yes. shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate therein, day and night. Let, let it move from your head to your heart into your spirit. Amen. He said, so you will observe to do the things that are written therein. He said, then you'll make your way prosperous and then you shall have good success. Glory to God. Yeah, yeah. Who's making your way prosperous? You are making your way prosperous. You shall have good success. Because when the power of God gets in you, you will become unstoppable. Yeah. Oh God, I give you praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh man, since I didn't mean to get so... I feel, listen, I feel God. I feel God. And these are the days, these are the days, these days are getting rough, you hear me? These are the days we need to get serious with God. You need to realize that your help is only from God. Your help is not from a particular, from a political party. Thank God for politicians. Your help is not from a preacher. Thank God for preachers. Your help is not from your mother, your father. Your help is from God. Yeah, you need to, your brothers and sisters. You know why, as a church, we don't experience a lot of the promises? I said I am not criticizing anybody. The goal of preaching is to equip and encourage. But sometimes you got to tell the truth. Yes. Amen. The Bible says tell the truth in love. Yes. Let me share with you something in love. I believe the reason why many of us, we haven't gotten the promises or we still are being whipped or burdened is because there is too much passivity in Christendom. We are too passive. Yes. To what? Matthew chapter 11 verse 12 says, Until the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God suffers violence. But the violence, take it by force. How you take it? By force. You got to let it, you got to, you, you got to say, you got to let the situation give it up. Can I put it another, can I put it another way? You've got to make it happen. Yeah, you have to make it happen. Oh, she made it happen. Oh, yes, she did. She made it happen. She said, I'm not staying in that leper colony because I'm not an unclean human being. I wasn't born to be unclean. When I got pulsating through my veins, I am somebody. I am a child of God. God lives in me. And I'm going to carry God well. The devil is a liar. Tell your neighbor, get up. Get up! Get up! Stand up! Stand up! And fight! 
Fight and pray. Yes. Go to bed early. Yes. Get up early. Yes. Fight all day. Yes. Memorize scripture. Read the Bible. Yes. Devil is a liar. Yes. Until it opens up its value to you. Until a way is made. Are you with me? Yes. Anyhow. Oh, glory be to Jesus. I got to leave this verse with you. I told you I wasn't going to be long. Because, uh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me leave this verse with you quickly. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Matthew chapter 11. Let's do verse 11 and 12. I said it. Because I need you to see what. Verse, verse, verse 12. I just said. And from the days of John the Baptist. Until now the kingdom of God. Suffereth violence. Uh -huh. You see what the Bible is saying back then. Because of the law of Moses. And there were a lot of barriers in people's way. Yeah. To get into the kingdom of God. Amen. All the law and the prophets. It was difficult to get in the kingdom of God. But after John the Baptist uh, came through, people began to press their way into the kingdom of God to experience the blessings of God. People left town and pressed to the wilderness. John the Baptist didn't have time to come downtown. He preached from the wilderness and people flocked to the wilderness. They said, we've never heard preaching like that. There's been a thirst in my soul for years. And I think the answer is in the wilderness. He's not downtown in a theater. No, no, no. He's in the wilderness. with and He's eating and his meal is locusts and honey. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't have fish. He doesn't have filet mignon. No, he doesn't have that. But, but I tell you, he has power coming from him. Jesus. And they began to press and make their way. They would they climb trees and, and hung in from trees just to hear life flowing from a man. Pressing into the kingdom of God. So, and they, the Bible said they take it by force. They would force yes to snatch it. They snatched it. They got it. Like the woman, the issue of blood. You know, God said to me years ago, God said to me, for years I've been pointing... For years I've been pointing the church to the importance of my word. For years. I told you, let me just share this with you. Can you go to Deut Deuteronomy chapter 6? Deuteronomy chapter 6. And we'll just read quickly. Praise the Lord. 6, 6. And these words, you got it? Which I command you this day shall be where? Notice in thine heart. After heart there is a colon. This is, a, this is a theme he's going to develop. He's going to tell you how to get the word in your heart. Okay, this is a thematic statement here. There is a colon and he's going to explain what he means. Uh-huh. Okay, let's see what it means to get the word. He said, and you shall teach them diligently to your... Now, if you're going to teach somebody something, don't you think you should know it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, is that correct? So he's indirectly said, telling the parents, you... Should know it because you cannot give what you don't have. Okay, so he said you should to your children. How do you teach it? Diligently. The word diligent here means to repeat. So you repeat it. You repeat it. You repeat it. You inundate them. You have them say, "Mommy, you on the word again?" Yes. Dad, you on the word again? Yes. He continues, and you shall talk of them. When you sit in thine house, when you sit eating dinner, or you're just relaxing, the word of God. 
He says, and when you walk by the way, while you're taking them to school, walking by the way, what are you doing? You're talking, you're using analogies. Amen? Talking to them about the word of God. What else? It says, and when you lie, what? When you lie down, when you rise up, didn't I say the last thing you do before you go to bed? The first thing you do when you got up. It's in the Bible, it's not me. Amen? Verse 8. And you shall bind them for a sign upon your head. Wow! He said, get yourself, what do you call these? These, uh, these bandarinas around your head? Bandanas. It should be on the bandana. It should. <laughs> Don't just wear a bandana for nothing. Put the word on the bandana. Let somebody see the word. And so you can see it from somebody's. Amen. Can you imagine five of you in the house and you have a different scripture and everybody's seeing the scripture? Praise the Lord. Bandana, bandana. Amen. What, what else he said? And there shall be as frontlets between your eyes. Think about that. Yeah, he said, and you shall write them upon where? The doorpost of your house. And on your on your picket fence. I'm just joking. <laughs> you, you know, today, today, you do that, they would call you fanatical. They would say you have an obsession. But that's exactly what God wants us to do. Because he knows how dangerous the devil is out there. God knows the devil is a bad devil. And the only thing the devil is afraid of is God's word. He's afraid of a man or woman who's immersed in God's word. Because when they release that word from them, it's like a time bomb. It'll take him out. And you get what I'm saying? That is what he's afraid of. And God knows, God knows the devil. The devil was the cherub that covereth. The devil guarded God's holiness. So God knows him. And God knows how powerful he is. God did not take out. God did not withdraw the power from the devil he gave him. He hasn't done that. And I'm here to tell you, don't you wait too long to realize that God is your way out. Let me put it this way. God's word is your way out. Yeah. We have to start stressing on God's word. Because yeah. nowadays you say God, God, and people think, well, he's just going to appear in the sky with a long sword. No. <laughs> His word. His word. His word. If God's word, I think it's first, ah, Lord, I, I think it's first Peter chapter Chapter 1, verse 23. It says that you get saved by an incorruptible. Can you go to, I think it's First Peter. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed. By the word of God, which liveth by the... You got taken from darkness to light. The greatest miracle. By his word. His word above his name. That's how powerful it is. Oh God, it's called an incorruptible seed. Yeah. It cannot rotten. It's not from this world. It is superior. It is what created the cosmos. When God said, oh God, Basata. He's been trying to communicate the importance of immersing in his word for years. But somewhere, somehow, we just, we, we just missed it. Mm -hmm. The Bible says here, and I'm going to share some scripture verses with you. The Lord gave me. 
Amen. The Bible tells us in Psalms 138 verse 2. It says God has magnified his word above all his name. He's what? He's magnified his word. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? He's what? For thou hast magnified thy word above what? All. All. So this is above what? Jehovah Jireh. This is above what? Jehovah Nisi. This is above what? Rohai El Elion. Are you with me, saints? This right here. This. That's why the devil is afraid that this dominates in your heart. That's why he has you so busy. That's why he has you running back and forth downtown thinking that you are important. Listen to me, saints. You are important only in God's eyes. That's where you gain importance in God's eyes. And God said, now the hearts of everybody is in my hands. I can turn it. On your behalf. That's why you develop value with God. Busy, busy, busy doing nothing. The devil is a liar. I have magnified my word above all my names. Why? Because, because why? Because what good is your name if you can't keep your word? <laughs> what good is your word, your name, if you cannot keep your word? You know the first qualification for minister is he must be blameless. His reputation must be impeccable. You're just about you. Because the name is important. And if God said, I've magnified my word above my name, why haven't we immersed? Why isn't there a fight to rush to this? Why? Why isn't there? I think a lack of doing this is the reason why we are where we are. And notice I'm saying we, I'm included. That's what delivered the woman. That's where the power flowed. Yes. And we have it it's right here. Lives were given for that. John Wycliffe was burned at the stake. So we could get this right here. Are you with me? This right here. The French philosopher Voltaire said after 100 years. He said after, after I died 100 years, the Bible will be extinct. Guess what? 100 years after Voltaire died, his house became a printing press for the Bible. Guess who the joke is on? Voltaire. <laughs> this is some, this is, this is, that's the only thing the devil is afraid of. The only thing. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is quick and powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing to the vagina soul. Come on, saints. You know what I'm talking about. You know these scriptures. So why have we made the time? I'm showing you, saints. I'm telling you. Our life depends on it. Our life depends on it. We've got to. We've got to do what? What did she do? Yeah. What did she do? 
Yeah, yeah. She plays her life on the line. She plays her life on the line. She kept nothing back. Nothing back. Nothing distracted her. Nothing. Pass, if we as a people, for the next five years, I'm just saying for the next five years, for the next five years, any one of us here can amount to someone that God could catapult across the world if we immerse ourselves in this right here. God is not looking for a preacher. He's looking for somebody. Just one person who will take him at his word. One person who will immerse themselves in the word to touch a generation. He's looking, he's still looking for somebody to walk down the streets of Tallahassee where people can touch and power flows. Still looking for that person so he can be glorified. He's still looking. Because the truth is people need the Lord. Brothers and sisters, you know, we need God. People need God. People need help. Man, I told you I've been speaking talk with a lot of people. I've never done it. This year I just decided, well, let me speak to people who have gone through that experience and who've been abused. And call the people and it's amazing. People need the Lord. Yeah. 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 We need the Lord. Hallelujah. We need the Lord. I'm going to share a last scripture with you. A scripture I've held very close to my heart. Very, very close to my heart. A scripture that has helped me. That has, it, has, it has emboldened me. It kept me humble. Emboldened me. Kept me away from being a yes man. Yeah. Yeah. Kept me. It has. It has. Uh, I'm able to tell people no. I'm going to say yes and feel very good about it. Mm -hmm. Psalm 62 verse 5. Psalm 62 verse 5. David is talking to his soul. You know it's okay to talk to yourself? You know it's okay. I was at the lights a couple, a couple months ago. And you know at the lights I, I'm, I'm praying. Praise the Lord. Amen. The Bible says speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns. Making, speaking to yourself. So I'm at the light. Amen. I'm praying. And somebody's watching me like I'm crazy. I watch over. So I'm, I'm praying, praise the Lord, I'm praying. And so the, the lights turn green. You know, sometimes when people give you that kind of look, like, you know, you, they think you will stop. I, I took my head and sent it her way. I praise the Lord and I began to drive her. I began to pray harder. Ain't no devil stopping me. I said, you haven't seen anything yet, lady. Wind down the glass and you'll hear some power. <laughs> so this is David <laughs> this is David David has been betrayed David said in, he said he said if it was my enemy who betrayed me I could sustain it but he said it was mine equal my friend people I went to the house of the Lord with people I went out and ate with we hung out in the field and then he said because his soul is getting unraveled. He's hurting. And he said, soul, wait thou only. <laughs> only upon whom? 
God. Here is why. For my expectation is from him. I expect nothing from nobody else. Now I know God works through people. But I'm expecting God to deliver for me. <laughs> oh, so when I'm calling, I say, and I heard, I can do this for you. I can, I said, so I'm sorry. My expectation is from the Lord. No, no, no. <laughs> he said, no, no, if the word expectation, let me show you this right. The word expectation, Elder John, I've never studied, Mr. Buffon, I've never studied expectation. I went back and I see the word expectation, it, 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 it means a cord, a chain. I said, I said what exactly is going on here? You remember when, when, the, when the spies went to uh, Jericho and they went in that lady's house? You remember her name? Rahab's house. They told her, hang a cord from your window. That's the word where expectation comes from. Cord, but what it means, let me give you, let me give you a, a picture so you understand. Imagine a ship above water. Attached to that ship is a long chain. Attached to an anchor. That chain is expectation. You ain't going nowhere, ship, because you've been anchored to the rock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you may move around, <laughs> you, you may go so far, but you're staying right there. You have a certain circumference you can go around from, but you're not going astray because your expectation is in the rock. <laughs> Woo! Oh my God! When God showed that to me, I began to run like a little boy. I said, "Oh my God! I'm, expect I'm expecting from God." <laughs> my expectation is from God. My soul, wait thou only. Sometimes you got to talk to your soul and say, "Why are you getting so unraveled?" You know, your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotion. You know, the, the other day I was talking to them. I said, yo, yo, yo. What's going on? <laughs> I kid you not. <laughs> I began to get nervous about something. So I began to talk to myself. Hey, 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 hello. I can hear you guys down there now. Because my spirit is speaking. My spirit is apart from my soul. I'm spirit in a body. I'm speaking to my soul. Line up with the word of God. Father, we give you praise. <laughs>
I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11. And the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850-408-8496.